Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Grateful this afternoon. We pray, Lord, that you speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated, please. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, this afternoon, I want to share a very simple message with you. And I, it is, let's take a, a scripture from 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 16, 1 Kings chapter 16 and verse 28, 1 Kings chapter 16 and verse 28. So, Omri slept with his fathers and was buried in Samaria, and Ahab, his son, reigned in his stead. Verse 29, and in the 30 and 8 years of Asa, king of Judah, began Ahab, the son of Omri, to reign over Israel. And Ahab, the son of Omri, reigned over Israel in Samaria 22 years. And Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. Hallelujah. And it says, and it came to pass as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took to wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Sidonians, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. Verse 32, and he read up an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. Verse 33, and Ahab made a grove, and Ahab did more evil to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. Hallelujah. I just want you to pay attention to the introduction of Ahab. This is how the Bible introduces Ahab in the scriptures, King Ahab. Now go to 1 Kings chapter 17. And verse 1, 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse 1. Do you have the New American Standard Bible? So we can um, read a little faster. 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse 1. It says, Now Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the settlers of Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, before whom I stand, Surely, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years, except by my word. The word of the Lord came to him, saying, Go away from here, and turn eastward, and hide yourselves by the brook Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. Chapter 18. 
chapter 18, verse 1. It, it says, Now it happened after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the face of the earth. So Elijah went to show himself to Ahab. Now the famine was severe in Samaria. Ahab called Obadiah, who was over the household. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. For when Jezebel destroyed the prophets of the Lord, Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by fifties in a cave and provided them with bread and water. Then Ahab said to Obadiah, Go through the land to all the springs of water and to all the valleys. Perhaps we will find grass and keep the horses and mules alive and not have to kill some of the cattle. So they divided the land between them to survey it. Ahab went one way by himself and Obadiah went another way by himself. Now as Obadiah was on the way, behold, Elijah met him and he recognized him and he fell on his face and said, Is this you, Elijah, my master? He said to him, It is I. Go say to your master, Behold, Elijah is here. See, this is Elijah who they are searching for. Because of the prophecy that he prophesied to Ahab. That there will be no rain or dew in the land. And now they are searching for him because... Except by his words, there will be no rain. So he said to, uh, he said to Obadiah, his, uh, the king's servant, he said, go say to your master, behold, Elijah is here. And then listen to Obadiah. He said, what sin have I committed? That you are giving your servant into the hand of Ahab to put me to death. Why are you sending me to go and tell Ahab this thing? He says, as the Lord your God lives, there is no nation or kingdom where my master has not sent to search for you. And they said, he's not here. He made the kingdom or nation swear that they could not find you. The Lord, when the Lord hides you, no matter where your enemy is looking for you, no matter how the enemy is searching for you, say you are in the land, but they cannot find you. When the Lord is hiding you from your enemies, may the Lord hide you from your enemies. I say, may the Lord keep you away from your enemies. The covering of God is upon you. Your enemies will not set eyes on you. People who want to destroy you, they will not set eyes on you. Co-workers who do not like you, when they see you passing, they will not see you. You will be walking in their midst, but they cannot see you. Because God will hide you from your enemies. He says, as the Lord your God lives, there is no nation or kingdom where my master has not sent to search for you. We have searched everywhere and we have not found you. And even when the nation says we don't have him here, he says, when they said, he is not here. He made the kingdom or the nation swear that they could not find you here. You see, Obadiah, Ahab was a very powerful and a wicked king. Verse 11. And now you are saying, go say to your master, behold, Elijah is here. 
And he said, it will come about when I leave you that the spirit of the Lord will carry you where I do not know. The spirit of God will carry you away from your enemies. You see, the people will say, you know, we have made a lot of traps to get him to be fired. We have set a lot of traps. We have tried every means to get him to be fired. But each time, the spirit of the Lord will take you out of the trap. Say, you will escape like a bird out of the snare of a fowler. You will escape. May you escape every trap that the enemy is setting against you. People who are setting traps for you, you see that you will slip in their hands like this. Because the spirit of the Lord will carry you when you know the visitation of your Lord, your God. Amen. He says, it will come about when I leave you that the spirit of the Lord will carry you where I do not know. So when I come and tell Ahab and he cannot find you, he will kill me. Although I, your servant, have feared the Lord from my youth. Has it not been told to my master what I did when Jezebel killed the prophets of the Lord that I hid a hundred prophets of the Lord by fifties in a cave and provided them with bread and water? And now you are saying, go say to your master, behold, Elijah is here. He will then kill me. Because I know that when I bring Ahab, you will not be here. I know that Ahab will not find you here. Elijah said, as the Lord of hosts lives, behold. He said, as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, I will surely show myself to him today. (laughs) Hallelujah. You see, that is a true prophet. When he speaks, he holds to his word. His word carries weight. That is a true prophet. He says, I will surely be here. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. And when Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, Is this you? Is this you? You troubler of Israel. Is this you? You troubler of Israel. He said, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, because you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and you have followed Baals. Now then, send and gather to me all Israel at Mount Carmel, together with 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah, who eat at Jezebel's table. Hallelujah. Go back to verse 18, verse 17. He says, is it you? Go back. He says, and when, I said, when Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, is this you, you troubler of Israel? You troubler of Israel. And Elijah said, I am not the troubler of Israel. He said, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, because you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and you have followed the bows. Hallelujah. Is it you, the troubler of Israel? Today, I want to share with you the causes of trouble in your lives. The causes of trouble in your life. How many of you want to know the causes of trouble 
in your life. This is a short lesson on the causes of trouble in our lives. Hallelujah. You see, we naturally tend to blame others for the cause of trouble in our lives. When there's trouble in our lives, we have a natural tendency to blame others for it. Now, perhaps we inherited this tendency from our ancestors. You see, because when there was trouble in the Garden of Eden and God came to meet with them, the three people who were involved, God called Adam first. And Adam said, you give me this woman. Adam said, the woman that you gave me, the woman that you gave me is the cause of all the troubles that I'm facing today. The woman that you gave me. You see, so Adam now was even blaming God and passing the trouble on to the woman. He says, it's because of the woman that you gave me. But you remember, it was this same Adam when he set eyes on this woman. He said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. You see, when people are happy, they make a lot of statements. When people are getting married on the day of people's wedding, they make all kinds of statements. The day that they marry and they go on honeymoon, they make all kinds of statements. He says, wow, bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. You are a real part of my rib. You know, when I look at you, I see a part of my rib is missing. And when you come closer, I feel complete. He said, my life is intertwined with your life. You know, without you, I feel hopeless. Without you, I feel useless. Without you, I feel incomplete. Amen. You see, that is why I'm saying all that you need to do in this life is just to wake up in the morning and I'll take care of the rest of the day. Your responsibility in this world is just to wake up in the morning and the rest of the day I'll take care of. You see, we say, we say all kinds of things and then when trouble comes, when trouble comes, it says, you are the cause of all my troubles. It is since I get married that I began to have all these problems. When the trouble comes, when the trouble comes, then you say all kinds of things. All kinds of things. You know, you were not even the one that I was planning to marry. It is Reverend, Reverend, you, you. It is the woman that you gave me. It is the woman that, it is he that made me marry you. You were not even my first choice. Because trouble has come. But on the day of your wedding, you say, ah, bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. But now that trouble has come. You were not the one, you were not my first choice. You were not the one I was going to marry. So we have a tendency to pass the blame onto someone. 
So Adam passed it on to the woman. And then God talked to the woman. Why? What did you do? And the woman also looked around. <laughs> she has to pass it on because it is our nature. So she said, it is the snake that made me do this. And then the Lord turned to the serpent. And when the serpent looked around, there was no one. There was no one. So the blame ended with the serpent. Hallelujah. There was no one available. So our nature is always to blame others when bad things happen in our lives. But I want to announce to you today that the main person that is to be blamed is yourself. Hallelujah. The main person that needs salvation is you. The main person that needs healing is you. The main person that needs to be blamed is you. In the story that we just read, we find King Ahab blaming the prophet Elijah for the troubles of Israel. Because in chapter 17, Elijah prophesied. He says, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And he ran with that, that all the troubles of Israel, he's blaming it on the prophet Elijah. But you see, Elijah, he went boldly to the king. He went boldly to the king and prophesied directly to him. This is one of the reasons why Elijah is considered one of the greatest prophets. Because he spoke the word of the Lord fiercely and boldly. He was fearless when he, he came to the word of the Lord. He will say exactly as he has been told. But you see, he wasn't the type that will sugarcoat the word. He wasn't the type that will polish the word for us. But he will prophesy the word exactly as the Lord gives him. He didn't care how unpopular he will become. He didn't care how you will look at him. But he will prophesy exactly as he has been told. Many of us pastors like to give the congregation sweet messages. Nice messages. We like to say nice things to the congregation because the congregation likes to hear nice things. You see a pastor that sees a lazy young man. Lazy young man who has no plans, never intends to go to school, never intends to progress his life, and you are prophesying over him and he says, you will prosper. You will do well. I see you going far. How is he going to go far? How is he going to go far? You see, but we like to hear that. And we like to also prophesy that. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? You see a young woman, very unpleasant, very nasty, very unfriendly, doesn't smile, every time squeeze her face. And then you prophesy and you say, I see five men proposing to you. How are five men going to propose to her? A young woman like that. You see, 
the word should be that smile. Take the squeeze from your face. Fix your habit. Fix your attitude. But you see, people don't like to hear that. They don't like that. They blame the young men. They don't have eyes. They don't see. They can't see. What should they see? They don't have eyes. I don't know what is wrong with these young men in the church. I don't know what is wrong. They can't see. You see, you cannot see the blame with yourself. But you blame others. Hallelujah. And people like that. But not Elijah. He prophesied that there will be no rain for three good years. And it didn't rain. So the king was furious. The king was angry. And he launched a nationwide search for him. Internationally. Searching for him. Looking everywhere for him. Hallelujah. You see, one thing that you must understand is that anointed person will have a word for you, but it's not always good word. Sometimes the prophecy is that there will be no rain in your life for three years because of your attitude, because of what you are doing. Hallelujah. And sometimes you need to embrace that and say there is something wrong with me that I need to fix. Hallelujah. But often people don't like that thing. They don't like the thing that does not coincide with what they are doing. When people are coming to tell you something, they want you to affirm what they are doing. To say that, go ahead and do it. When you say that, don't do what you are planning to do, they don't come to you anymore. Because people don't like to be pointed out what they are doing. When they are going wrong, they don't like to be directed. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? See, when Solomon became some way and he turned against God and he was worshipping idols, the Lord said to him that one of his servants is going to reign in his stead. That the kingdom of Solomon is ended. None of his sons, but one of his servants, an ordinary servant, was going to reign in his stead. So God chose a man called Jeroboam. And he said, he's going to reign in his stead. So Jeroboam went out of town. And when he was walking somewhere, he met a prophet. The prophet Ahijah. And the prophet took his mantle and divided it into twelve. And he said, you are going to reign over Israel. Gave him the portion of Israel. He says, you are going to reign over Israel. And so, Jeroboam became now the king of Israel. Instead of Solomon's son. And then, Rehoboam, Solomon's son, was not happy about that. So he set up on war with Jeroboam. A long war fighting. Hallelujah. Because you see, what belongs to you, what belongs to you can go to someone who does not even qualify. What belongs to you. So this Jeroboam reigned and then his son became sick. His son got sick. Now when his son got sick, he had then set up, when he became a king, instead of now 
serving in Jerusalem because the people, he wasn't like a proper lineage in the, in the, in the kingdom. He was afraid that the people would not receive him well. So he set up a temple outside of Jerusalem where he was serving. And he, decided, he now was serving other gods. So God was not happy with him. And God also said that he and his household, they are all going to die. So his son was sick. His son Abijah was sick. And so he sent his wife to Jerusalem. He sent his wife and said, and that disguise. He said, disguise yourself. Don't let people know that you are my wife. And go into Jerusalem. And go to the prophet who prophesied over me that I will be king. You see, people like when the prophecy has come and is good, they want to go to the same prophet for good things. They want good news. Do you understand? So when his son was sick, he sent to the same prophet, go to the prophet Ahijah who prophesied that I will be king. And say that my son is sick. What word does he have for me? He should give me some word concerning my son. So he was expecting good word from the prophet because he realized that of all the prophets, this is the one who is on my side. This is the one who says things that I like. This is the one who has made me a servant to become a king. So go to him. So he sent his wife under disguise. And the wife also disguised herself. And as the wife was going, the Lord appeared to the prophet Ahijah. At that time, the, the prophet was old and blind. So he cannot see anything. But the Lord revealed to him and said, Look, oh, Jeroboam is sending his wife under disguise. And he's coming to you under disguise. To come and inquire. But you will say to her exactly what I will tell you. Amen. So the wife also under disguise went to the prophet. And when he appeared before the prophet, the prophet said, Ah, Jeroboam's wife, (laughs) why have you disguised yourself to come before me? So she was shocked. Because I am blind. How can he see? The Lord has revealed to him. He said, Jeroboam's wife. Why do you come to me under disguise? Take off your hair and the wig and the makeup and remove your eyebrows and the extensions. So he says, go and tell your husband that his son that is sick as soon as you return and you enter into the city, into the house, he will die. He will die. Now, the rest of Jeroboam's family, everyone will die. And dogs will eat them. But this is the only one who will have a nice barrier because he's the only one who is good among the whole of your household. But all of your house, everyone will die. So as soon as she returned, the boy died. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You see, the right prophet, he will speak the word of the Lord as it comes. The right prophet. And it's not always that it favors you. Hallelujah. It's not always as it favors you. Most people speak the truth when 
it favors them. But when the truth can adversely affect them, they do not speak the truth. Amen. They do not speak the truth. When the truth can adversely affect them. That is why David, for instance, when he was returning from the coup d'etat that has almost overthrown him and he was coming back, he met Shimea. Now, Shimea was one of the people who cursed David when David was being overthrown. You see, but when he was returning, he was so happy. He was so happy. So when he saw Shimea, he says, oh, your life is spared. I won't kill you. But when the joy was gone, he remembered. Ah, this Shemaiah, he cursed me. But you see, David, his words were true. So he said, but I've given him my word. You see, that is why you be careful in your happiness, the things that you say. You have to be careful in your happiness, the promises that you make. You know, when things are moving on well with you, oh, Reverend, you know, I don't know what I would have done without you. Since I came into my life, Reverend, all things have happened to me. You know, a lot of things have happened to me since I met you. Since I, and then something will happen, and then you just vanish. You just vanish. And then you say, all the troubles that I am facing, everything that is happening to me, that is, is because of this Reverend. Because he made me to marry this person. So be careful the promises you make when you are happy. Amen. So back to Elijah and King Ahab. The king was blaming the prophet for the troubles in Israel. Everything was about the prophet. He says, you are the troubler of Israel. And Elijah said, I am not the troubler of Israel. You are the troubler of Israel because you refuse to obey the commandments of the Lord thy God. A lot of men. It is my wife. My wife is the cause of all the trouble. My wife has been the cause of all the problems that I'm facing. It's my wife. Since I met this woman, nothing has worked well with me. It is my wife. It is my husband. My husband is the cause of all my problems. My, I, I saw my life going on smoothly. I was going on fire. But since I met this man, he has been the cause of all my troubles. You see, love, people who are so happy together, people who love themselves so much. But our nature is that everything that goes wrong, we find it in the other person. That it gets to a degree that even, you see, when a spouse dies, when a spouse dies accidentally, the first suspect is the husband or the wife. Because they know that the one that can potentially kill you is the same one who said, I love you. You, are, you become the first suspect. And they'll be hunting you, hunting you, hunting you, suspecting that you must have killed this person. Because our nature is that we attribute all our problems to our neighbor. All our problems. Amen. Amen. Reverend, it's my co-workers. It's my co-workers. They don't like me. They're all against me. What about when you look at yourself? 
and see that I am the one who is the cause of the trouble. It's my boss. My boss doesn't like me. My boss doesn't like me. My boss doesn't like me. It is my boss. Say it's my boss. It's my boss. You see, if you are a pastor and you are sitting down and you are talking to a couple, the couple brings your issue and you are talking to them, oh, you would think that all the problem is from the man. You would think that all the problems, the whole of the problem, the cause of all the problem is from the man. Because you see, the woman looks very smooth. The woman looks very sad. The woman is crying. The woman looks very nice and very polished. See, when you see the woman, you will not associate her with the troubles. You see, at the moment they sit down, you decide, this guy, he must be the cause of the trouble. He must be the problem. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Because most ladies look nice. Most ladies look, I'm a few exceptions that you can attribute that this one looks like she's the cause of the trouble. But for the most part, for the most part, if somebody is being beaten in the house, you will think that is a man that is beating them. <laughs> Automatically, you see, you will see that there's beating in this house, you will think that is a man that is beating. But you will be surprised sometimes. <laughs> You'll be surprised. Amen. Now, God made them like that. God made them to look smooth. God made the woman to look nice. Do you understand? God made the woman to look attractive. Because otherwise, if we know the real nature, we will not marry. Do you understand? So God has to give us something to deceive us so that we will marry because the production has to go on. The continuation of the production has to go on. But if we were to know the real nature that this is how they are, we will not marry. True or not true? Women, true or not true? Because if, if we were to know, we will not marry. But we need something nice. You know, even the things that we have learned and we know, we still like to marry. Because it's nice. They are very nice. Do you understand? Let me ask you. If you have a man and a woman in the house, you have a couple in the house, and then you bring a young maid, a young 18, 17-year-old, 16-year-old maid to be in the house to help, who do you think will be nice to the young maid? The man, the man or the woman? The man. How many of you say the man? Okay. Now, how many of you say the woman will be nice to the man, the, the, the handmaid? The woman will be the one. Ah, even the women are saying that the man will be nice. Okay, what about if we bring a young boy, young boy, 15-year-old boy in the house to be with them to help do the housework? 
Who do you think will be helpful? Who do you think will be nice to the young servant? The man or the woman? Ah. Okay, those of you who say the woman, let me see by show of hands. You say the woman. Those of you who say the man will be nice to the boy, let me see. Even the women are saying the man. Okay, whatever makes you think that we keep it, we will rest our case. But I tell you, the day you begin to blame yourself will be the beginning of the end of all of your troubles. The day that you begin to identify yourself as a problem, it will be the beginning of the end of all your troubles. Ahab, the most wicked king, he says that of all the kings that have been before him, there is none that has been as wicked as Ahab. And he blamed the prophet, the prophet that Jesus compared, that the spirit of Elijah is upon John the Baptist. And of all men born of women, there is none greater like John the Baptist. He is the one that the prophet, the, the king was blaming to be the cause of all the trouble that was in Israel. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we do not realize that we are the cause of the trouble. You see, if you have been in a church for a while, you will think that we are the cause of your trouble. But what will make you a member, what will continue to make you a permanent member is always when you see yourself as a cause of our troubles. Do you understand? That if you find yourself as a cause, you are the cause of all the troubles that we have in the church. You will be always a permanent member of the church. Hallelujah. The day you begin to see that you are the cause of your own troubles, it will be the end of all your troubles. Hallelujah. You find a young woman, a young girl, working with this baby. And then you say, hey, where is the father? Eh, pastor, you know, this young boy, the way, the way he slept with me, you know, pastor, I, I mean, I, I, I was innocent. I didn't know. I was innocent. The way he slept with me, pastor, if I tell you, me, I didn't know anything about this thing. So, I mean, I wasn't like that. I wasn't brought up like that. You know, everything was this boy. Since I met this boy, the way he slept with me, pastor, you should have been there. You should have been there. The pastor should have been there. You should have been there. He was so strong. He was strong. You know, he was big. He was muscles. And then he held me. You know, the way, he, the way everything went, Reverend, I don't know how it, it was so fast. And, you know, I wasn't prepared for that. I wasn't prepared. <laughs> I was innocent. I was innocent. You know, I was innocent. Reverend, you know my background. You should know my background. You know, you should know my background. I didn't know these things. You know, I didn't know these things. He forced me. 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 And then he said, and and then you know, it happened three times. It happened three times. It happened three times. You know, the first one, I couldn't resist. The second one, I couldn't resist. But the third one, I don't know what happened. I found my arms was around him. I don't know how my arms just went around him like that. It's not your fault. Oh, oh I can see. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. 
you know, Reverend, have you seen this young man? You know, I didn't know boys are bad like that. You know, I didn't know. I didn't know. I was so innocent. I'm so innocent. Reverend, I'm telling you the truth. Everything I'm saying is the truth. You know, I don't know how I even ended up in this bedroom. You know, he tricked me. He tricked me. I think he tricked me. He tricked you. I said, the day you see that you are the cause of all your troubles, it will be the end of all your troubles. It will be the end of all your problems. He tricked you, but you don't know, you don't remember that it was all your breast that was showing. You don't remember that. You don't remember that every time he's standing in front of you, behind you, you bend your... You don't remember that. You say, he's the cause of all the trouble. This young boy, he's the cause of Reverend, You have to watch these boys. So you have to watch them. They're very, very dangerous. Very dangerous. They're very fast. They don't, you don't know how it happened. By the time you realize, you're on the floor. <laughs> Put your hands together for the Lord. It's time for us to close the service. And stand to your feet. The day you see that you are the cause of all your troubles. He's very, very fast. May the Lord help us. Our salvation, it depends on when we confess that we have sinned. Our salvation, it depends on when we admit that we have sinned and that we have fallen short of the glory of God. That I have fallen short of the glory of God. My lifestyle has caused me to fall short of the glory of God. My attitude has caused me to fall short of the blessings of God. The day that we identify ourselves as the cause of our trouble. The day shall be the end of our troubles. Oh Jesus. Lord we are thankful. We are grateful. We are thankful. In the name of Jesus. Oh Jesus. We are thankful. And grateful this afternoon. Lord we acknowledge. That without you we can do nothing. We acknowledge the time of your visitation. And father we come before you with a heart of repentance. We say we are the cause of all our troubles. We are the cause. Of all our problems. We acknowledge, O oh Lord, that we are the sole cause. Therefore, Lord, heal us. Deliver us. Restore us. We acknowledge, O oh God. We acknowledge, O oh God. You say, if we repent, if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins. Lord, we acknowledge that we need deliverance. We need healing. We acknowledge. We glorify your name. We give you praise. And we give you honor. In Jesus name. If there's anyone here this afternoon. You are not born again. You are saying. Pastor pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to welcome Jesus Christ. Into my life. I acknowledge the time of his visitation. I need deliverance. I need healing. I need salvation. I need restoration. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. 
I want to receive Jesus Christ into my life. If that is you, if that is your prayer, wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. You say, I am the one that needs salvation. I am the one that needs Jesus. If that is you, wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? You want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. You want to welcome Jesus Christ into your life. Father, we are thankful and grateful. We give you glory and honor. We acknowledge the time of your visitation. Therefore, God, deliver us. Deliver our families. Deliver our homes. Let our walls stand. Let a stone stand upon stone. For the presence of the Lord is here with us. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands for Jesus as you take your seats. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.